Hey folks, this is Hampton here. I know that Dave and I tend to joke a lot about suicide and uh, make a lot of lighthearted jokes, but honestly, if you're having any sort of trouble, we would recommend that you call 1-800-273-TALK. It's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, and they do amazing work. They they really um, will talk with you. And so we, we just hope that, you know, you have fun here at the pod, but if you're ever having truly deep suicidal thoughts that you would call 1-800-273-TALK. We love you. We want you to take care of yourself. Thank you for listening. Reviews on my salsa. Oh, the reviews are in. Okay, the jury's in. Um, it's the OJ jury. They're finally in. Yeah. It's been a brutal year. I've had your salsa. Okay. And I have decided that you did kill your wife. <laughs> uh, um, it's salsa so good. <laughs> <laughs> I made Dave some uh, some salsa. I made my if you my house some salsa. Made salsa. <laughs> you might have made salsa. <laughs> uh, and uh, dude, it's crazy I, I made good. Too much. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate that. No, it's cr- it's crazy. And now I'm glad the reviews are, are in. in. We went out. to TripAdvisor and we looked, and they were like, "Damn good salsa, dude." Shitty podcast, good salsa. <laughs> hey, thank you all so much for listening. This is Suicide Buddies. I'm Dave Ross. I'm Hampton Yant. We are at Buddies Pod on Twitter. Our Facebook group is facebook.com slash groups slash Suicide Buddies. If this is your first time, you found yourself at a mental health comedy podcast where we joke around a lot about suicidal thoughts and depression because we've been there. Um, if this is your first time, I'm also kind of like, why the fuck are you here? Where have you been? Where have you been? We've been here. <laughs> Dude, a um, little bit of a story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen, as many times as you attack me about dumb things, I say, come on. <laughs> Do I attack you? I think I'm just having fun. <laughs> And you're insecure. You're right. You're right. Okay. That is another healthier way to interpret that. And I suppose... We shit on each other all the time. (laughs) That's actually the heart of a good friendship, really. Totally. It took me a long time to realize... Like, you've heard... You've been listening to the show, you, who is listening, and you've heard me numerous times say... Why are you being mean to me? We were, we were just talking about this off. Yeah. And the reason I do that is like I feel like I don't want to make it weird, but I also feel like I need to stand up for myself when I'm feel it when I feel attacked. Yeah. And uh, I realized recently that's what happening. What happened? What's happening is I said something and you feel hurt, and you're like, "Well, fuck you!" In the version <laughs> of being like. You're dumb and not funny, or whatever you say. Um, and uh, <laughs> all the famous Hampton quotes <laughs> that will be available on T-shirts. <laughs> You're dumb guys, and not funny. We're selling that through Teespring.com. <laughs> we're just two insecure people. You're dumb and not funny would be like the fucking best T-shirt. What a burn, dude! Oh, I can't believe that hasn't been printed at Hot Topic. Stewie um, Griffin just telling people you're dumb and not funny. Oh yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> you're dumb, Lois. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, a little bit of a story. Uh, <laughs> I like to prep people so they know the story's coming. Uh, I am locked in. Yeah, dude. Because if I didn't say that, they might think like, wow, is this an anecdote? Is this a bit? Is, is this, this a, a biography? What is this? Is this a quip? Is this a documentary? Is it a pun? Is it? <laughs> what am I experiencing? What is happening to my face, ears, eyes, and tongue? It's a story. So, yeah. Little one, a little bit of a story. Uh, I uh, we were talking about, uh, we were just saying to each other, what, what was it they were saying? Um, hey, we've been here. This podcast has been around. Where have you been? Yeah. One of the first concerts I ever went to was Blink One Eighty Two, and it was like <laughs> uh, a little while after Dude Ranch came out, and damn it, was all over the radio. And uh, I had already dug back and gotten their first album, and like was a super fan. 
But I found Black them. Black when they were, were uh, Blink 181. You know, yeah, they hadn't leveled up yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, but I love, I found out about them because of, damn it, being on the radio. Yeah. And so I saw them at this little venue in Poughkeepsie, New York called The Chance that I, I loved. And um, they said before they played, damn it, they played this song, this lead in song that they had written that went, um, uh, we know it was like we know that a lot of you came here because of this song, <laughs> but we've been a punk band for ten years long, so fuck you. And then they played "Damn It," and I thought that was really funny. But also in hindsight, it's like, what a bunch yeah. of assholes, yeah, man! Right? Like we we bought we, tickets. We don't choose when we find your band, you I fucking prick. I'm sorry, I didn't live in your part of the country. Yeah, and. Go to your show. Like, fuck yeah. you. <laughs> and aren't you like 22? You've been playing music since you were 12. Did you want me to find you, your band when you were fucking in middle school? When I was in middle school? My friends say I should act my age. What's my age again? Yeah. What's my age again? <laughs> What's my I'm age sorry. again? I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't hear you when you first said the words... What's my age again? Yeah, totally. I wasn't that DIY punk that I was following you around on your back like Yoda, just <laughs> listening to every word you said. <laughs> yeah. Sorry I don't scour the earth constantly <laughs> for something I might like. Oh, man. You know what? I don't know. Like, is there something weird almost ingrained in, like, um, newer punk that is this kind of, like, sorry, like, sorry I didn't... What do you mean? Just like, what do you mean? <laughs> Explain it. I feel like there is this kind of thing of just like, I don't have to be a punk historian. Oh, yeah. Everyone used to have to be like, defend exactly when you got in the genre, what band is your identifying. Like, you, dude, you just started listening to the Dead Kennedys? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they've existed since the 1980s. I don't know if they were like towards the tail end of that or like in the middle of that, but yeah, it's like that yeah. sort of weird fucking vibe I saw growing up. I'm like, I'm, listen, I like them. I don't want to wear their jacket every day and yeah. have to personify with a bad B.O. smell. Like, also, if I just started listening to The Fall, <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> uh Sorry, dude. I found something at a whole other time than you, mostly yeah. because I'm not you. British post-punk The Fall. I'm, I only listen to them now, and only now do I realize that the Nazis aren't good people. <laughs> Skinheads, not so good. <laughs> dude, The Fall, man. <laughs> Took me a while to realize that. They're, I know. I love them, but it's, like, my it's, new house. No, it's impossible. <laughs> It's impossible to like, and that's why some people like it. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Like, The Fall is this band that does incredibly repetitive music. And that's their huge thing is, like, yeah. it is, it's um, the same verse almost, like, sometimes, like, just over and over and over it's again. It's my house. <laughs> my new house. I love that song, but... Who hates the Nazi? This <laughs> <laughs> is like over and over and over again. And I think it, I don't know, like uh, Europe was going through a really interesting uh, punk phase at the time. Dude, totally. I mean, if you listen to the English beat and uh, specials, like oh, they're they're, great. both of those bands' first record have multiple songs that are just like, they're like really fun, good ska songs. That aren't that are just like I fucking hate Nazis, man. There are so many Nazis <laughs> at our shows. Why do Nazis enjoy ska beats? Get out of here, man! Oh Get god, you're Nazi. <laughs> they also so dress like me. It sucks, bro. <laughs> and you just think like they must have just, especially English beat. The way that they say it is like I hate fighting, but I have to hate. I have to fight Nazis all the time. Oh my god! And that, the, how frustrating is that? Like you go out and you're having fun, and then a bunch of Nazis came, and you're like, "All right, I guess I have to <laughs> punch <laughs> these Nazis now." I want to get in those Nazis' brains where they're like skanking, yeah, to like you know ska music, and they're like, bee, 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 like loud horns, and then yeah, they're just dude, like I hate Jews and black people. It's so crazy. <laughs> I hate Jews. Pull, pull. What? <laughs> 
<laughs> Who are you? What is this? Go listen to Wagner, you fucking dick. I think actually a lot of that um, European... Wagner. Sorry. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Good reference. <laughs> I appreciate the ref. Oh, yeah. I love classical music. <laughs> I think, I don't know. And boy, by the way, guys, this is a suicide podcast. I swear to God, even though we talk about music sometimes. We'll get there. (laughs) I think England at the time was going through a a crazy, I don't know, era. And I think it also revolves around them being largely white at the time. Uh So it's like white people class struggle inside of itself happening you know what i mean like they really had like these weird conversations about welfare before there were like yeah and i mean it was mostly white people inside of england at the time and uh i don't know (laughs) now we see the results yeah well well (laughs) personally i think all of england can fucking burn (laughs) i don't think that i love our english listeners now Um, absolutely well i mean you know england was fucking destroyed just, oh, you mean after the war? Yeah. Sure, yeah. And so, like, but I also, of course a generation later, the kids of that oh, yeah. generation are just, like, fucked up. And now I think we've already seen the older generation squash that generation. That's why I'm like, England totally, kind of fucking sucks now because it really belongs to the rich at hey, this ma'am, point. They wait a took it back. Have you seen the mighty boosh? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What is that even? What? Is, what is that? Like Monty Python? I fucking that but whole family drugs. of people. I love everything they do. Have you seen the Toast of Toast of London yet? Have you seen that? It's Matt Berry's new show. Oh no, I haven't seen oh, that yet. Oh my god, it's so fun. Do you you know Matt Berry? He's like the Snuffbox guy. Yeah, yeah. Snuffbox is like a great. I would call it a sketch show. Yeah, totally. In a sense, but I mean, it had like. Uh, larger theme going on. Yeah. Uh, but like, all those shows, Snuffbox, Peep Show, Mighty Boosh, they all have like, yeah. they all work together <laughs> at, on different things. <laughs> and ma- everything all those guys have made is the funniest fucking shit ever. I didn't want to get on this topic, okay. but I'll go there, man. Like, okay, so we're talking about English punk rock a second uh-huh. ago. It all, when it all kind of ended, it all had been shifting and shifted to comedy. Whoa, really? Yeah, comedy became this huge punk rock thing. It literally was like the headline of like the London whatever, like newspaper or whatever, like the big publication was like, comedy is the new punk rock. Like they ran, because of the Mighty I love the idea that the paper in London is called the London newspaper. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. We recently got an email from somebody in England that was like, oh, actually it's not this. And I was like, I felt bad. But Wait, what? how did they say it? Oh, he said, actually, it's not from... Um, actually. He said, like, oh, I don't know. Well, I, I was listening to your podcast as I got into the lift, oh, and then I... I'm, I, a, I'm a from England. I got into England. my lorry, and... and <laughs> oh, squirrels at me. I'm a from England. It's so funny how racist this is. This is truly racist. Why? I'm doing a perfect English accent, Dave. <laughs> Everyone always says... I do a perfect. Oh man! Anyway, fucking so, American <laughs> people kind of took a little bit of a problem. Fucking suicide buddies don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> they don't fucking understand. <laughs> Nigel, settle down. <laughs> Nigel, Liam. <laughs> um, Liam, Liam. Um, yeah. So I don't I'm know. So like, sorry. basically, in the eighties, with also punk music and comedy, basically there was massive funding for arts and like being a student <laughs> wanting to get a more up- like farts. <laughs> no, Dave. Go on. Actually, less like farts and more like arts. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> oh, I'm so engaged now. I want that joke to one time go that way. <laughs> no, no, no. Not at all like farts. No, no. Actually. Not like farts. Huh. Um, huh. <laughs> yeah, basically all these people found out a way to kind of live off of, uh, I mean, like government assistance, but I wouldn't say that's a negative thing. I think that has a weird negative connotation inside of maybe our society where Sorry, they're like, just... oh, they're on government assistance. But I also think like at the time in England, they had developed this kind of idea of like the arts should get public funding. Like yeah. part of your taxes should go to make your place not a shithole and like have art. Yeah, going totally. Around in your community, so 
Music? BBC, man. Did you know that BBC yeah. stands for Better Buck Cherry? <laughs> <laughs> it's a big black cock. <laughs> yeah, totally. BBC. Big black cock one. Big black Big black <laughs> cock four is where the weird stuff is. Can you believe what a repressed society they are despite having big black cock one and big black cock two? And- yeah, dude. And big black cock radio. <laughs> um, anyway, go on. You were talking about big black cocks. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize there was that correlation with it. That's interesting. By the way, I do want to say something that maybe we should say more often is like, I know you're listening to this show. It's a thing we make and put out. So there's a little bit of it's on a network. There's a little bit of a professional air to it. We are in Hampton's living room, um, just talking <laughs> out of our ass. For fun. <laughs> and so, like, it's for entertainment. We don't know what we're talking about. So if we're talking about something and you know more about it than us, <laughs> we're welcome for corrections, please. But please know that we don't know what the fuck we're talking yes. about is what, I, what I'm saying yeah. at all. I'm just saying things I think, and they are wrong. <laughs> I don't look them up ever. Some Except are, for the history. Yeah. We looked that up. Uh, we, we researched that. Yeah, you can't really like uh, negotiate my opinion further than the fact that it's just what I've read and seen. Like, if I don't even want, read if anything. Want, if you want to quote me, Hampton... <laughs> I read headlines and then I make stuff up. That's what I do. Uh, we got. Did you see that we had an angry Offspring fan, a guy who was angry at us from the last episode? Was that off of a headline? Uh, no, we were like talking shit about Offspring that they put out a lot of um, you know, bad fucking, music. Yeah, yeah. Go, go, kill people overseas records, and they were like, they didn't put out a lot of songs like that. And in fairness, probably not. They probably only made the one or two. Um, yeah, but I still think they suck. I don't know. I. <laughs> Uh, I don't but you know you can like what you like. I don't. I got no judgment. I you know you've heard on this podcast. I love Coldplay and like you know who, who the fuck am I? I you know what I mean. I love um, that song "Miss You" by Blink One Eighty Two. I still like No FX. Like you know, come on. Um, I think Dave's point is that he likes all music. I loved Offspring too, and then they 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 lost me. God, <laughs> but the, during the yeah 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 days. I was on board, man. I went to see them in Ozamotley in New York City. Yeah. The Living End opened for them. Ozamotley got booed. It was crazy. Oh, is that that instrumental band? I think they have a rapper or two in the band. (laughs) But there's like 10 people on stage. That that seals the deal. Yeah, they have a rapper. Oh, nice. You know, I can't can't tell if they have a... I know people rap. People definitely come in. They're but rap- not all the definitely time. Definitely got the rappers coming in, doing some, their thing. But that tour, when I saw them, was on the tour. They Offspring opened with Pretty Fly for a White Guy. Uh, time to go home, kids. Oh, we also got corrected on that song. A couple, a bunch of, turns out our podcast has a lot of Offspring fans that <laughs> listen to it. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Oh, and guys, I stop listening. I didn't realize... <laughs> What line in Pretty Fly for Waika you were talking about, but we got a correction, oh. and they're right. It's not Dilbert's trip. Can, can we point this out a little it's, bit larger? You're right. It's dopest trip. Yeah. yeah when I got, knew that. We got in a weird fucking uh, like conversation, and yeah, I guess I misinterpreted what you're saying, and yeah, I didn't know that that was the lyric. Oh, it's dopest it trip. Dopest yeah. trip. I said... And in his own mind, he's the Dilbert Strip. In his own mind, he's the Dilbert Strip. (laughs) What a crazy thing to think. As a 12-year-old white kid named Hampton growing up in Virginia, I legitimately thought the Dilbert Strip was the coolest thing. I, at the time, was cutting out... Dilbert oh out of God. the newspaper. I was cutting out the far side and Calvin Hobbes. Like I was cutting out cartoons out of the paper wow. and putting them in a drawer and just like, these are so funny. The Dilbert strip, <laughs> dude. I was like, yeah, the Dilbert strip. This is the punk music for my generation. It's so funny, one, that you thought that. <laughs> Two, that you have thought it this whole time. And three, that I didn't catch it. It's crazy. Because I know it's dopest trip. I And you know why I know that? Because I fucking read the liner notes. Because I love that band. I still will throw one of those records on every now and then. 
You know, I, I love this especially. That record also has the song the they stole from the Beatles. The song that sounds just like Obla Di, Obla Da. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom, My friend's boom, boom. got a... Is that it? And he hates that bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that identified he my feminist politics well into day. my late 20s. Yeah, totally. It's <laughs> like, yeah, you shouldn't take money from your man. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Fuck. I can't remember. Come on, man. What was it? There was a joke. Was it a good joke? It was off of something you were saying. But Liner all I can say notes. is that uh, Offspring made Crazy Taxi a thing. Oh man, what was the song? Ingrid? Was it Yeah Yeah they Yeah Yeah Yeah? They made the whole soundtrack. Oh really? Yeah, they supplied like so many yaw, songs. Yeah 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 Yeah. <laughs> A bunch. <laughs> Come on, dude. You guys like punk rock? <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. I loved Crazy Taxi. I had a Dreamcast. Hell yeah, man. I play. I I played Crazy Taxi and Tony Hawk Two. Fucking Tony Hawk Two is great. Old eight. Uh, Tony fucking Hawk Two also. Dude. I think I might have talked about this on the show before, but one of the some of the hardest I've ever laughed in my life. I walked into my dorm room one day in college, and I had a tiny TV with a Dreamcast hooked up to it. And my roommate and our friend Brandon, I didn't realize this, but they had taken mushrooms and they had like put in a fuckload of cheat codes into Tony Hawk Two. And like one of the cheat codes is all the it makes all the panels. Uh, flash different colors so it looks all trippy and then you can turn on jetpack mode which means every time you jump if you hold down A you just fly higher and higher into the sky so they had everything was flashing and they put on jetpack mode and they had like jumped off a ramp and flown all the way into the air and just held the button and were spinning Hold, holding a trick for like yeah. 30 minutes and the score yes. is just racking up yes. millions of points and they got they're just Brandon's just holding the controller, and they are scream cry laughing. <laughs> <laughs> they like cannot handle it. What? Tony Hawk's gonna have to come to our house and give us bagel bites. <laughs> oh my god, dude! It was so funny. Oh man. During that period of my life, which I'm glad is over because the drugs definitely took a toll on my depression and made my life hard for a while. Honestly, I, when I heard that story, I was just like, yeah, that's why everyone in our generation is just in huge college debt. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, you just play Tony Hawk and we're totally. scream crying on mushrooms while yeah. doing flips. And just totally. like, why, why does no one want me to be an artist? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, maybe because you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> I another time, very similar time, but but sad, a much sadder version. I came back and my roommate would hang out with these two dudes who gave him free meth, and uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> whoa deal, yeah, totally, what a deal, wow, man, I get it. I, wow, so I don't have to pay for this massive problem. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> my eyeballs literally went like cartoon size with dollar bills, and I'm like, what a deal, <laughs> yeah, free meth, boing. <laughs> And I came in, and one of the dudes was just sitting there very silently, totally glazed over face, playing Tony Hawk. And he was playing Tony Hawk to the like school level. Yeah. And there's just fun. one part of it where you like, you go up a half ramp, come back down, uh, grind off of a series of lunch tables, fall down into uh, the bottom part of it, grind on another series of lunch tables, go up a half ramp, come back and do that same thing again. Go up a half ramp, do it again. And he literally was just sitting there, so fucking tweaked on meth, doing that exact same run. Oh, wow. Over and over again. Oh, forever. Oh, and cool. I walked in and I was like, hey, man. And he was like, hey, man. And, uh, <laughs> and was just like, yep. He's yep. a savant. Yep. He's a fucking yep. savant. Over and over, dude. And I was like, how long have you been doing this, man? Because it was a practice and, level. It never okay. stopped. And so to bring that back <laughs> uh-huh. to 80s punk oh, God. <laughs> in Britain, <laughs> where they get massive arts funding. Yeah. It was like you were getting a government check to just run that Tony Hawk. Oh, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At a certain point. It's totally, like, man. This is not good. <laughs> I'll bet you if we f- if we search, we could find Twitch channels that are like this. The meth-fueled Twitch thing. channels. Yeah, I'm like, why was there no government funding for, like, you know, video game footage? <laughs> it's Twitch. Twitch is what we have to go to, people. We gotta get 
we got to get the NEA yeah. to just be <laughs> Twitch related. But the NEA is gone because of our fair president, Where's whom the- I voted for and continue to love. <laughs> I continue to vote continue, for him. I vote for him day. every fucking day. I go down to my polling place. They're not there, but I just scream at the pastor at that church. Uh, I vote for Trump again. Pod Dave America. Thank you very much. <laughs> the new podcast, Pod Dave America. Oh, man. Literally, I saw somebody earlier today in the, uh, the supermarket with a Pod Save America t-shirt, and I was like, it, it, the same reaction as when I saw somebody with like a Trump t-shirt. Like, I wanted to kick them in the balls. Wow, really? I don't know anything about Pod Save America. They're I know it's on HBO, so it's definitely cool. No, it's, it's a podcast. They're like five cool. guys. They're all five white Whoa, guys. like the burgers? The what? The burgers. Five guys. Oh, yeah. The burger place. Yeah, the burger guys. Get it. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, the, Dave, the phrase Dave, I know. No, Dave, Dave, you got it. No, no. <laughs> They're five guys like the burgers. Like, laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there are five guys on this podcast. Yeah, they just suck. White dudes, they just suck. Okay. Basically, um, their their podcast was all kind of like, did you know you could vote? <laughs> wow. Like, it was literally like, their whole thing was like, pod save America. We're going to save America by telling people how they can actually shift voting in their district. And it's like, yeah, motherfucker. Like, everyone who <laughs> yeah. is tapped into politics is already doing that. Yeah. Like, just shut the fuck up. Like, it was just, like, literally, like, guys who discovered voting, like, two years ago. It was funny. I saw it <laughs> pop into... I was just, like, flipping through HBO, and I was like, the fuck is Pod Save America? So I Googled it, and there's, like, a link to the show, to the podcast, a link to the HBO show, and then just all these articles called, Why Pod Save America Should Not Be a TV Show. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, like, yeah. Steve Hernandez fucking posted a thing, and it made me cackle fucking laughing, yeah. which is just like, it's it was just a shot of the panel of the five of them. It's like five guys. Like the burger? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? I almost started preemptively You felt laughing. it coming, yeah. I felt it this time. This time I on. Dave, I fucking love you. I love you too, man. <laughs> you sometimes know me in a way that I don't even know myself or I'm ready to accept at the uh-huh. time. But that five guys joke, Thanks, it dude. maybe didn't get enough credit the first run through. Well, I mean, here's the thing, man. I'm so funny. <laughs> So, so Steve Hernandez, an even funnier guy. Whoa, not cool. Sorry. This is my podcast. He's truth, not even here. Truth is truth. No, uh, Hampton, take it back. Silence. We've is, talked about this already. Be nice to me. Silence is Don't violence. be mean to me. Truth is death. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Say I'm funnier than Steve. You're you're very funny. You're actually so funnier than Steve. Yeah. Steve Fuck Steve you, Hampton. <laughs> <laughs> you suck. You're not funny at all. <laughs> Yeah, Steven just posted, like, how is this even possible? Like, this yeah. is a photo of the lineup. It's like five white guys being like, so here's politics. <laughs> like, are you out of your fucking mind? Like, God, that's so crazy. I laughed so hard. Um, well, Hampton, who are we talking about this week? It's Yo Week. What's up, dude? Yo Week. Yo it's Week. This week on Yo Week Raps or whatever. This Remember one, by MTV? the way, um, I just want to say... Ahead to get a little serious for just half a second. Oh, God, is it racist? No, but like if anyone's listening and they have like triggers about like sexual trauma and stuff like that, like oh, this, Jesus. I'm it might come up. So, like, just maybe I've just, I've only just recently been like that might be something we want to just warn people about. So, I think just that's so, you smart, know. man. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so this is a um, an actress in the Chinese silent film era. And great, uh, man. I love China, I love silence, and I love film. And uh, her name is Ruan Lingyu, and uh, she's been called the Greta Garbo of Shanghai cinema. And she was basically oh. a really important, like, silent film actress who was like hugely feminist, really important to like all of cinema. Holy and, shit! Yeah. Oh wow, that's exciting. Yeah. Cool. We'll talk about her when we come back, guys. Let's take a little quick ad break and uh, join the Patreon. Whatever. Fucking <laughs> <Bye>. Patreon, join. <laughs> I like making you have to do it. Sex buddies. <laughs> uh. Sex noises. Uh. Um, this is I, the Comcast. I, yeah, welcome to the Comcast. Welcome to Cum Buddies. <laughs> 
what we do is we listen to Come Town, and then we're just like, oh no, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, no. oh god. Um, I uh, we we're all just hanging out in, uh, during the during the break, and um, <laughs> the break that was for sure the exact same length of the break that you heard, and uh, we were. I don't know. I was just talking to Aristotle, and I, I don't know. I remembered this thing that happened that I I don't tell people about enough. Um, I've known Aristotle for a long time, and I just want to shout out real quick. He's wonderful. He's one of my favorite people. He's the producer <laughs> of our podcast. He is great. He's it's wearing so a cool delightful t-shirt right now. We get to work with him. I love it. Wow. <laughs> Twin Peaks, strawberry smoothie. It's like a uh, monster. Uh, what do you call those? Where it's like the. Oh, you got a stain on it. Sorry, dude. Monster Motors thing. It's like those like. Anyway, shit. Let's... Well. Anyway, Aristotle's great. And uh, if you, like, we talk about him a lot on the show. And uh, if you want to get to know him more, my old podcast, which he also produced, I, he, one of the episodes is I interviewed him. And I think it's the only interview you did on Nerdist, right? Did you do another one? You did Mutant Season. Cool. Well, okay, so mm. Terrified and Mutant mm. Season both have interviews with Aristotle. If <laughs> you want to get to know him more, listen to those because <laughs> it's awesome. Good guy, you know. Good guy. Great guy. Good dude. What was your, what did you yeah. talk about on Terrified? Uh, hating myself. Yeah, yeah. Well, everyone did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was it specific? It was specific to the idea of hating yourself. Oh, man. Hey, what's up to the hating yourself cast? Yeah. Uh, what's up? Do you hate yourself? <laughs> what are you terrified of? What are you scared of? What do you hate yourself about? <laughs> that. Basically, just that's like if Joe Rogan hosted my podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, we could only hope. Yeah, one imagine day. how much more successful your podcast would have been if Joe Rogan had Dude, hosted it. Scared oh. Joe Rogan. Scared, you know, he's yeah. tough but scared. Yeah, whoa, Oof. Rogan. <laughs> hey, what's up? My name's No Rogan. Um, Okay, so By my creatine shake. What is uh her the woman's name again? Who we're talking oh, about yeah, this week? We're talking about we're talking about Ruan Ling Yu. Sorry, guys. I I'm always gonna have trouble saying her name because as I was going through all of this history, I was like, there is a lot of interpretation of how the Western society pronounces these names, and I was like watching documentaries that are in. Chinese, yeah, and they're pronouncing it way different. <laughs> oh wow! Like okay, yeah, you know what I mean. Like the way we say these names is not as fast as yeah. nuanced as actually that society. So I'm sorry if there's any sort of like you know person who's a historian who's like you're saying it wrong. Like, here's the thing about that though, and I do want to say real quickly about mispronouncing names from another language. Sure, I personally how I feel is. Yeah, you try to do your best, but it's fine. And it's because recently, you know, people do a lot of correcting, like, um, it's La Croix, stuff like that. <laughs> but, like, and it's fine. That's always going to be an argument. Some people will say, you have to say it that way, whatever. But, like, it's actually say, pronounced Bukaki. We say, <laughs> <laughs> you say La Croix. We I say, say Bukaki. <laughs> we say Los Angeles. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's not like everyone yeah. is like, um, it's Los Angeles. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's Los Angeles. And Lo so it's like, lost, lost, yeah, Angeles. So I feel like that's the way I say it. hard. Every letter is hard. And it's like uh, English words when words the English word carries over into Spanish, they say it the way mm. that the Spanish language. Uh, pronounces things. <laughs> they don't like break speaking Spanish to be like hot dog. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's fine. Is my point? No, it's um, true. I, I, and I, you know, like it's it's even harder with a uh, language that is another world apart. It's the other hemisphere. Like there's no romance languages associated with it. I don't know how to like dissect it. So yeah, but do your best. It's okay. We know you're not to, racist. Gonna try. Um, <laughs> Wait, wait, whoa, whoa. Okay, you're racist, whoa, but you're yeah, not, please, not this episode. Please, make sure everyone knows. Totally. Yeah, just yeah. how. Just against the English. <laughs> <laughs> um, Say your name again. So, Ruan. And I think that's, I'll, I'll drop the last name. I'll just talk her. Ruan. Ruan. Um, um, she started her acting career at 16. You know, you, you said her name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's pronounced Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, it's pronounced Bukaki. <laughs> but she invented a new cocky. <laughs> One time, oh, me and a bunch of comics man. were around a, a table just trying to come up with different variations of boo cocky, mm-hmm. and mine was Nancy Drew cocky, mm-hmm. oh, which is a great. girl solves a mystery and then you come all over. That's <laughs> incredible. There you go. I'm going to look something up real quick. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, so Ruan died March 8th, uh, 1935. Uh, she was 24 and she had been acting since 16 years old. Whoa. Yeah. She died she, at 24. Yeah. Wow. Sh- short life. Damn. Right. Wow. Okay. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, what I was looking up was um, Bukaki.solutions <laughs> is available. <laughs> wait. Wait. Dot Solutions? Yeah, dude. What? Five bucks a year. Did you? <laughs> you bought that? I can right now if you want. Did you buy? <laughs> I'll buy it. Bukaki Dot Solutions? Maybe that should be the Suicide Buddies website. <laughs> <laughs> or should we also, okay, here's some other ones that are available. Bukaki Dot Email. <laughs> Bukaki Dot Expert. Bukaki dot. <laughs> Honestly, here's the thing. I like Bukaki because I like friends. <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly. I feel like the Friends theme song should play during every Bukaki. It's just a I, bunch honestly, of dude, you hanging out. I'm sick of having <laughs> sex alone. You know what I mean? I'm sick of just spraying cum all over my cat. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to take her away. Exactly. Um, anyway, let's get back to this so, very serious no, no, podcast. I mean, it, it, gets, it gets tragic in a minute here. And again, I already gave a little bit of a disclaimer. So... um. What's interesting about this actress is uh, she's a silent film actress in China, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a really interesting time in Chinese cinema because it's moving away from like the most simplistic kind of cinema, which is like almost like stories of fairy tales. Yeah. It's like this guy's in love with this woman and he's like chasing her and like he's a samurai and she's a princess and like just very, very simple stuff to like modern day stories yeah, then this is when they started making like Rumble in the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dave, that's actually like a while longer. If anybody oh. did Kung Fu in this age, it would have been incredible. Real, yeah. Yeah, this time it's it's basically all like, it's like the same stories without the Kung Fu. And it's super oh, interesting. boring in sure. a lot of ways. Sure. But oddly very feminist. Okay. Like what happened was basically like, you know, cinema had been created only kind of recently, you know, like mm-hmm. 1915s or whatever. Like, you know, it's these Nickelodeons of seeing very s- simple. And so when, what time period, what year did she start acting when she was 16? Uh, I think around like 19th, a little bit before 1930s. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So basically this is the movement between silent film to talking uh-huh. She's a silent film actress, still mm-hmm. into like the relative new form of like talking movies, which weren't necessarily seen in China. You know what I mean? Like, okay, she was still a very popular, relevant actress in her time. Okay, sort of thing. Um, and what's tragic is that like you know, silent film in general, like they say that like almost like ninety eight percent of those films are just gone. Right. We don't know them. We don't see them. Yeah. These are things that like actors, directors worked on, tried to make, you know, like movies sometimes. Like they worked a little bit to expand the 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 genre. Yeah. And it's it's still it's gone. gone. It's just gone. I know, man. I say it all the time. Those directors really should have put that stuff in the cloud. <laughs> uh, That's a big thing. It's, it's like just why put it in the cloud, man. What are you doing? The cloud. <laughs> <laughs> just sync up your Tablet, yeah, dude. Your screen, just yeah, totally, uh, man. Just uh, plug your reel to reel into iTunes. Sync up your reel to reel with your tablet and your butt plug. <laughs> Get on oh, the cloud. Man. You got the iButt. I'm on the iButt X myself. 
It so got it's tragedy, expensive, and it is bigger. She couldn't put her shit up on the <laughs> cloud that like only like one third of her movies exist, Ethan, or oh, like okay. people have even seen. You know wow, what I mean? Like a lot it. of them didn't even get completed. A lot of shit just didn't get out. Okay. But still, she is... Get out's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> still, she is like... One of like the biggest like actresses in China compared like when you think about her role in like um, feminist like uh, movies, Mm -hmm. basically Uh Uh, when she died uh, in uh, feminism died (laughs) when she died in uh, 1935. uh, It was such a spectacle like the New York Times at the time called it the biggest like spectacle funeral of our century whoa when she died as her, her at the like height of her fame or whatever she there was a 3 mile funeral procession of people just mourners there was hundreds of thousands of people following this whoa. funeral procession this is how like beloved she was wow yeah uh i don't know i kind of wanted to like almost like say that at the top before I get into like how her career kind of auspiciously started. Okay. You know, she started when she was 16 basically. Um, and she was, uh, she answered an ad at the time, uh, because she was living in this kind of violent relationship. Her mother, this is where it gets kind of triggering basically is her mom had been pretty destitute. Her father had died at a young age, so her mom became a maid inside of a wealthy family's house. Oh, and therefore, she kind of became a maid inside right, this wealthy family's right, right. house. The youngest son of that family Ugh. raped her Ugh. and made her his wife. Like, just kind of was like, God. you're my wife. Wow. Uh, and didn't even really marry her. He was just like, you're with me. This, You're with me from now on. And he was like an abusive piece of shit. He was a gambler. And he was dwindling, like, the family's fortunes that he had gotten, you know? So he was just a piece of shit. Yeah. So at that point, she's uh, answering this ad in the paper for actresses. And this is kind of this sort of revolutionary thing of, like, this whole turn in Japan for women, basically. What had happened was, in 1931, Japan had invaded China, and... A lot of people point to like the the Chinese people felt kind of vulnerable for the first time. So you're seeing this, like their land got occupied, like just taken away by China. China was like, we're coming in, we're killing people, we're taking away land. So there's kind of this idea that maybe like because of the times of, are changing, people are feeling vulnerable. Like men are expressing their emotions, you know, in cinema. They're okay. expressing them through women who are struggling. Okay. And there's this whole genre that's created of the suffering woman okay. in China. It's all these stories of very modern women. Very modern. Like, it'll be like a movie about a woman who's a mother who's... Has, like, a hoverboard. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a hoverboard. Things are fucked up. She's vaping. <laughs> Starts dabbing, you know? Yeah, it's like totally. super modern. Yeah, man. Well, she wears was- a lot of Supreme... <laughs> It's like women like dealing with abusive men. Basically, it's right. this genre confronting that like, well, if you're a secretary at this, you know, phone operating service, you know, like you're probably being abused by your boss. Jesus, okay. Yeah. And it's not like this stuff kind of was popular especially with women at the time, but became more popular after the deaths of all these people. Like it kind of went a little unnoticed in oh. a sense. Like, it was popular enough, but, like, I don't know. It wasn't, like, the number one thing. But it was enough that, like, you know, hundreds of thousands of people wanted to show up to her funeral. Like, yeah. they really identified with the characters she was putting on screen. Wow, that's fucking incredible, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, she basically... This is in the fucking 1920s and 30s. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. This is... It, it's, it's insane. In China. In China. The country that kills film. kids. <laughs> Like, <laughs> well, uh, dude, so everyone talks about like modern acting, right? Yeah. Kind of at the start of Marlon Brando, with like he gave a naturalistic, realistic performance, even though sometimes he's like kind of off the rails. Yeah. She's credited as like the Marlon Brando, like 
a couple decades previous. Wow. Because she's in the silent film era, and I've seen the footage. Like, the way she moves across the screen, and I know this sounds simplistic, but it's actually incredible to watch. It is literally like watching you walk in the room, sit down in a naturalistic way. It is so natural and so, like, uninhibited. And the way, you, you know, if you were looking at actors in Western society at the same time, they would have been so dramatic and like, you know, blinking a ton and be like, I love you, baby. Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) It was like way overblown. And she was doing like Marlon Brando, like, I'm going to walk across the room. You're going to watch this tracking shot of me. I'm a prostitute. My life is low. I'm in a bad situation. This is like serious, like cinema that's trying to be as realistic as possible. And you Dude, s- by the way, have you seen Marlon Brando in The Godfather? <laughs> <laughs> that movie, dude. Whoa. It's about a gangster. <laughs> um, okay, wow, that's cool. Yeah. I want that makes me like really want to watch her movies. Honestly, what clued me into this was a documentary series called The Story of Film, which I have right there. Uh <laughs> I've got this documentary series. That's who cl- clued me into Florence Lawrence. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's it's a really good documentary series. And what I like about it is that in this, and I would recommend this to anybody who's like into film at all. This is really a documentary series that focuses on like editing and kind of like the lost stories of Hollywood and like really interesting stuff. And the one thing they don't do is they're kind of like. And the, you know, and then Goodfellas happened, and everybody was like, "What the fuck!" <laughs> like, wow. They focus on yeah. like, look at this shot inside oh, of this, cool. you know, thing. This you didn't see replicated until like forty years later oh, with cool. Marlon Brando doing this. Yeah, yeah. So it's like that's great. Pretty, pretty interesting. And so it it kind of clued me into like this performance she's giving, yeah. and also like there's this huge influx of very feminist directors inside of like Asian cinema at the time. Were there a lot of female directors? No. Interesting. Definitely a good amount of actresses. Yeah. But predominantly what was kind of happening, especially say with say like Akira Kurosawa in Japan. Right. Is like all like movies being made at this time are all by directors. It's no very little studio involvement. Meanwhile in America it's all studios yeah. are starting to clue into silent film and they're like pushing Charlie Chaplin out and Buster Keaton. And they're like, wait, wait, there's money here, yeah, boys. Yeah. And like, we're going to set up Hollywood and set up the studio system and there's yeah. Paramount and MGM. And like, you know, like they're setting up money. Whereas Japan at this time, same technology is just China, like, you mean China and Japan? Oh, okay. it's, Japan started a lot of revolution. And then I think China, followed suit oh, okay cool. predominantly because they couldn't help it it's like they're being invaded by japan so they're kind of like our movies have to be super real <laughs> oh, right <laughs> you know oh, right war <laughs> yeah so they tried to deal with it's kind of funny because it's like they're dealing with like a society that is kind of patriarchal right and, like you see it with her own relationship with her husband but the movies she's making are like directly confronting the patriarchal society. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so her husband hates this shit, yeah. of course. And he's basically not even her husband. He's just the guy who repeatedly keeps harassing her throughout her Ugh. life. And he is extorting her for money. Like A part of his thing is he's like, I'm going to tell everyone you're fucking me and you, you're not my wife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like this insane, I know, this is why it's triggering. This is like a monstrable person, you know, like it's really bad. So (laughs) he's extorting her and he's a gambler again. Yeah, he's losing his family fortune. But when she starts acting, she just starts blowing up. Like she makes four films for this company called uh, Ming Zing. (laughs) I don't know. And then moves on to uh, Liu, Liu Hao. Okay. Uh, it's another company. And Liu Hao is known for being like this company that made feminist pictures oh. that were really respected, you know, years later. They're, they And they did really well, but like they weren't just the schlock. Schlock sure. was still doing pretty well at the time. Right, always. I was, I was really it, it, like amazed to find out that these films were being made while they're being invaded 
by Japan. Like yeah. film didn't stop. Wow. They just dealt with it. Yeah. Wow. And they and a lot of themes from war or hardship around the area just got incorporated into film. And that's why they focused on women, because it was easier for a man to feel like weak looking at a woman who is, you know, you know, in the most dire of straits to feel empathy. Yeah. You know, it's like this crazy thing. I don't know. Like, it's almost like kind of like queer cinema in, in like indie cinema in like the 1980s, early 90s. Like they focus on like the most disenfranchised people. Yeah. And it gives you empathy towards it. And it's like this culture shift, you know, of being like, why do you rape your wife? (laughs) You know, like the fuck is that? You know, like what the fuck is happening? You know, like we're, we're all dying. Like what the fuck is happening? You know, them. I mean, it's like, wow. Yeah. I'm like truly, I'm floored by. No, I had no idea. I had no idea when I started because I got in through kind of reading like kind of sensationalistic, like porn. (laughs) (laughs) sensationalistic porn can you believe it cock goes in ass (laughs) headline news on the war front (laughs) pussy overcome with cum extra extra come on glasses Um, so she makes all these, uh, amazing films and also like a lot of like shots that are being done in this time during silent film in China is later on being like the kind of shit that people are talking about with Orson Welles when he makes Citizen Kane and it's this big thing about lighting and sound and, you know, like people in the background and you're seeing things that you shouldn't see, you know, like, you know, layering in context this right. sort of shit is already existing in like in Asian China cinema. and Japan. Wow. Yeah, China and Japan. Wow. Yeah. They're they're really at the forefront because they are the system that is like director led. Right. And I I listen to a lot of interviews with the directors and their big thing is like I just let the actors go. We do rehearsals and as I'm watching the rehearsals, that's when I pick out the camera angles. I let them figure out the scene. Oh, then I do the thing. Wow. This is so different from like silent film where they're like, you stand there. Shut the fuck up. Put that cigarette in your mouth. Fuck yeah. you. Like, <laughs> right. like, <laughs> wow. I didn't realize it was like that. <laughs> That's not nation at all. <laughs> so, um, so she gets in a you know new relationship with a guy. Who is also a piece of shit. God damn. Yeah, there's no good guys right around this time. <sighs> but within about two years of her getting into acting, she becomes one of the biggest like stars just okay. known, right? Like everyone loves her. Yeah. You know? And uh, at the height of her fame, uh, and she's being still harassed by her ex as she's with her new guy, basically. Fucking God. Yeah, yeah. It's it's both are just piling on. Yeah. She makes this uh, film called uh, New Women, and uh, she portrays an author, and I believe she was an actress too, yeah, um, who died the year before by suicide. This oh. pr- This person had committed suicide due to press... Like uh, hounding and media, kind uh, of constantly being like, "Right, what? Your husband says he's leaving you." Like you know, just like yeah. shit like that. So that's the movie she made. She wanted to make a movie about someone going through the same situation. I do think it's interesting. You keep saying she wanted to, she wanted to, she wanted to, yeah. which is which is not the relationship to movies that I know mm-hmm. actors have. It's like you mm-hmm. take what you can get a lot yeah. of the time, or you like you get pitched a thing by a director and then you're like, oh, that sounds great. I choose to do that. But still like, I guess I'll be too It sounds like the way that you're talking about her, she made her own calls is what. I think so in a lot of ways. Yeah, Because it sounds like she was doing this out of a form of rebellion in a sense. Okay. She found out early on that she was successful and she was the breadwinner. Right. You know, immediately her husband husband. was was dwindling all the fortunes. And then she became the person that he would prey upon and be like, well, pay me money. And uh, I won't I won't tell everyone spread rumors about you. God, man. Piece of shit. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, she made this. uh, Honestly, what's also interesting is her first film when she was 16. So this had just happened. This trauma. (laughs) 
<laughs> Cars Four. <laughs> she had just made a a movie. Uh, sorry, she had just had this trauma with her husband. Her no, her new husband at yeah. sixteen. Whatever you know, you want to call that relationship. And the one of the first films she makes is about like a marriage that's super fucking awful and like abusive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. So she's dealing with this in her personal life, and then all of the films that she's being like praised for are about women who are like prostitutes, people who are being like abused. Yeah. So she she also had like kind of a a huge range. Like at one point, she played like a starlet and like oh, played cool. like really you know proud people. But I think if you're dealing with these horrible traumas, and then you have to play an abused wife. And stuff that takes its toll. Yeah, you, you gotta feel something. <laughs> How long after she made the movie where she portrayed uh, the uh, mm-hmm. author who committed suicide? How long after that did she commit suicide? It was within a year. Wow. Yeah, I was also amazed that just at first at the fact that like this woman had committed suicide. They made a movie about her life within about a year. Mm-hmm. And this actress who portrayed her had killed herself within that year. Whoa! Like, yeah. cinema That's was. What happens when you watch The Ring? <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. That was very reductive. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Um. Yeah. No. I. I. I kind of am so. Um. By the way, I just bumped the mic on my chin. Uh, mic bump. <laughs> I'm so fascinated with this era in in cinema because it feels like almost like modern for one, mm-hmm. like this incre- incredibly like feminist like yeah. era, and uh, also just like the technology that was like happening at the time to make cinema happen. I think was incredible to people. Yeah. Like, I think it really was like VR technology. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, if, yeah. if I have to imagine if people were paying five cents to go watch a Nickelodeon and just go watch a man ride a horse for like a second. Yes. That must have been mind blowing. Absolutely. You're, a nickel at that time must have been like 15 bucks. Yeah. You're like, I want to go s- step in the chamber, watch yeah. the guy ride the horse. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You know, and like, that's kind of where VR is at now. Like, I feel like it's the same thing as when cinema was beginning. These movies aren't good. Right. They're stupid. It's like guy riding horse. And now if you go play VR or you go watch a VR thing, you're like, this is awful. (laughs) There's nothing here. We're going to get a message tomorrow from someone who's like, actually, guy riding horse is really good. (laughs) 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 It is good. All right. I'll defend. (laughs) Yeah. Guy riding horse is good. Yeah. And uh, we just don't want it to. We just don't like guy attacks Syria. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess it's like um, Western cinema came out of that era of like Nickelodeons watching just a guy riding a horse, and then they made like Charlie Chaplin, and very quickly it became a studio system of like the studios own everything. And I just think it's interesting when other cultures got this same technology, because it's available to anybody, mm-hmm. but they were just like, no, give it to directors. Let's make this really progressive because our society is super fucked up right now. Let's make like progressive cinema. And even when it doesn't even have sound. It's incredible. Just, let's reflect modern day society. And that was like this whole wave, apparently. It was like, a, I don't know, what do you call it? A, it's like neorealism. Okay, um, I've heard this. It's just term. like showing, you know, exactly what's happening. You're not trying to make it any fancier than it is. Yeah. This is just exactly what someone's going through in this modern day. Right, but in their case, the things that no one wants to talk about. Yeah, yeah, a lot of Which times. Which is great. So wait, what happened? I mean, what what led to her suicide? Do you know the specifics of it? Yeah, basically, okay, so she comes out with this film about someone who is harassed by the press. Okay. The film comes out. She's currently dealing with harassment from her exes. Yeah. In the press. In the press. It's the exact same thing. Really? Yeah. She's dealing They're with They're like horrific. saying the the shit about her like sleeping with people yeah, she's not married like, to she's and an stuff like that. Woman. Meanwhile, right. she's making films that are cutting edge but they're that are kind of like an indecent woman. But they're edgy, sure. Yeah, yeah. So people so believe like, it. 
kind of yeah. some of them okay exactly oh my god yeah so they're what kinda... a nightmare <laughs> it's not good yeah no that kind of like public dragging has been going on since the beginning of time and uh people can't handle it the human brain cannot handle yeah. that level of pressure yeah when i looked into this one i mean like something that had to differentiate it from others was like she didn't seem to really suffer from clinical depression in the same way this is more like since the age of 16 to 24 she was being continually harassed she like yeah had yeah and right. she was an incredible artist but like the circumstances were just like fucking inexcusable you know so i mean like right that's that's the person with like probably the most extreme complex PTSD yeah. you could possibly have. It took a while too because like I'd read articles or read, you know, things about it and it was almost like, you know, people would write about it at some points like, well, she did a movie about someone committing suicide, so she committed suicide. Like give me a fuck. <laughs> exactly. God damn it. Exactly. And it's like and it took me cuz I wanted to look into I was like and I know people didn't write about depression at the time, but I wanted I'm sorry, to make sure. Can I just sure. say real quick how fucking crazy that is? It's just like, yeah, he made a movie about basketball, so now he's in the NBA. Like, shut up. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's why Air Bud is GM of the Lakers. <laughs> totally. Oh, man. You know, Brad Bird is a toy now. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it sucks. I mean, like, as I said, there was a huge outpouring when she committed suicide of just, like, it was this revolution. It was this oddly, like, shifting time. Mm -hmm. It was them confronting societal norms that were kind of starting to become reprehensible. It's like, you can't just rape women. Like, it was yeah. literally, like, that sort of shit. Wow. Basic. Like, like, we were talking about in the last episode, laws being written for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> like that and it's like so so many women were like identifying sure yeah when they had that funeral procession that was three miles long three women committed suicide what yeah like during the procession i don't know if it was during but it's that is the report is that three women committed like suicide oh my god during or because of this funeral procession what? this is a while what, back what's the logic behind that like in the because she was representing the repressed women in, in their society. And she's gone now. And right. she's gone, and look, you killed her through the media. Yeah. You were harassing her in the exact same way. So, yeah, what happened? It, like, it just kept sort of snowballing the media coverage of her, and she just kind of snapped? Yeah, it. I mean, it had been a long time coming, basically, of like, if you look All at this just, harassment from her family. Uh, uh, yeah, specifically her, her, her husband. husbands. You know, it's like... It sounds unbearable. It yeah. sounds like a constant system of like harassment and also them being jealous that she is successful, she is loved. What did she do? Where did she Commit do suicide? It? Yeah. Um, uh, she killed herself with an overdose of barbiturates. Aye. 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 Yeah. Aye, aye, aye. Sleeping pills? Yeah, basically took sleeping pills. It was just like uh, probably abusing them a little bit before that. I see. Then, yeah. And it was after like... A fight with her current husband. Ugh. The next day, uh, sorry, like, yeah, the day after her suicide, she was supposed to give a speech at a women's uh, school on International Women's Day uh, because she was such a feminist icon. Like, but she was being like, I'm fucking. I'm gonna cry. I know. <laughs> Dude, it took me a while <laughs> yeah. to get to the bottom of some of this shit. And so. Uh, a suicide note that got posted after she died uh, said, her suicide note read, gossip is a fearful thing. Uh, oh my God. And it turned out that wasn't written by her, but it was written by somebody who just like empathized with the story, like, but posted oh. it as this is what she said in her Weird. note. Weird. I know. <laughs> it made me, it's made me so mad. I was like, it's she just, died and you're still trying to speak for her? You fuck? What? I know. <laughs> it's <laughs> Every part of her story, I'm like, even the people who are on her side, I'm yeah. like, God, it's just fucking. <laughs> Let her be her, man. Uh, yeah. And like I said, I mean, she brought like a lot of um, empathy and like, you know, to her characters and stuff like that. So that's why it's it's harder to see other people trying to put like, you know, emotions on her. Yeah. It's like she sounds like somebody who has actually had a lot to say. 
even though she never actually got to say anything. (laughs) She never got recorded. Right. It's crazy. Do you think maybe she could have just had a fucking Miller Lite? (laughs) (laughs) Just just party? (laughs) Yeah, maybe if she joined a frat, she would have felt better. I'm just saying, dude. Worked for Dave. (laughs) I did not join a frat. But to be clear. But did drinking to excess help you? No, of course. <laughs> what is the takeaway? <laughs> you have to drink a lot if you want to feel good. That was also a joke. Don't do that. Do not. Do not. For the love that of shit. Bad. Wow, man. Yeah. Whoa, I'm so happy that you picked her and that I know about her now. Thank yeah. you. Truly. <laughs> Truly. I might show you a clip of her uh, doing that, like I was saying, that walk across this uh, like screen. It's just like... Oh, or I'll send it to you. It's it's crazy. It's, I would love to see that. It's yeah. like you're like, wait, this is a. I guess I guess again why this is mind blowing is like if it, you look at silent films in the West at the time, they literally look like cartoons. Right. They're just like oh boy, yeah. and they're like you know wagging their finger and like twirling a cane and like doing totally. insane shit. But for someone to be like in a silent film, like I'm a prostitute and I wow, guess I'm yeah. gonna fuck you, so I'll go lay over here by the bed in right. a very natural way, waiting for my John to leave. Like it's just wow. like fucking insane. Also, do you have a link uh, for Man Riding Horse? <laughs> Because that one sounds pretty Man Riding Horse is on Netflix right now. <laughs> wow. It's yeah, it's called The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I <laughs> <laughs> got him. <laughs> Fucking idiot brothers who make movies I like. The Wachowskis? Yeah, the Wachowskis made The Ballad of Buster <laughs> Scruggs. Going, brothers, dude. That'd be dope, man. That'd if be The great. Ballad of Buster Scruggs was that he had like had a lot of slow mo. Yeah, like gender (laughs) identity problems, and he did slow mo and like space. Did trance dancing? What if the old west was a Rubik's cube? (laughs) (laughs) That's all the music in every one of their movies. You got it. <laughs> you guys, this has been Suicidal Buddies. Suicide Buddies. Suicidal Tennessee Buddies. Uh, now with more beef. For listening to the pod. Man, Hampton, what a good episode. Thank you, dude. I, Thanks, truly, man. I appreciate it. This was a little bit more focused on history. Yeah. <laughs> I did the research finally, Dave. Uh, also, thanks to all our Patreon subscribers. We're at patreon.com slash suicide buddies if you want to hear bonus episodes and more random bonus shit from us. Uh, go there. Yeah. Uh, you guys are the fucking best fans on earth. Thank you Thanks. so much. Glad you're alive. Take care, guys. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the show. Just a reminder, we joke around on this show a lot because we've thought about suicide a lot, so we're comfortable with it. But if you are right now thinking about suicide, having any suicidal thoughts at all, if you're coming close, we can't urge you enough to talk to a professional. And the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is always there. 1-800-273-TALK. Call that number 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They will talk you through it and help you know that you are loved on this earth and you don't need to leave us. Thanks again for listening to the show. See you next time.